during it, while she's trying to talk to Tylene, you get like the the most typical cartoon noise coming from the <laughs> other room. Hey, yo, and welcome, everyone, to episode 50 of the S1E1 podcast, where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just the first televised episode, and forgetting anything we might know about the future run of that show, rate it and decide if that's a show that we want to greenlight or cancel. This week, we're going to be talking about Roseanne. Roseanne's gone 10 seasons with 230 episodes on ABC. Today, we're talking about episode one, Life and Stuff which originally aired October 18th, 1988. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me as always, Ferg, Nick, Joe, and not Gordo, because he had better things to do. What's going on, guys? Heyo. I'm on Ambien. <laughs> <laughs> Becky's on birth control and junk. <laughs> All right, guys, so before we even get into it, Happy episode 50. Woo woo. Woo. We did it. 50 years old. It's like. Remember in, that from SNL from the 90s? <laughs> like the worst recurring sketch of all time. I'm 50 years old. So yeah. yeah I mean, we'll talk more because we're going to hit our anniversary in a, in a few more weeks. But for 50, it's like, it's weird because in a lot of ways, it feels like time's flown right by and that this came out of nowhere. And in other ways, I feel like we've been doing this forever. Yes. At least tonight it feels that way. Tonight, yeah. We, uh, behind the curtains, yeah. It took us a little while to get going today, but... Severe technical difficulties. But uh, we're here now, and we're ready to go. And, uh, yeah, Roseanne. So, Roseanne is a pretty big show. I think it's kind of nice to do some of these bigger shows when we have landmark episodes like this. Uh, I can't help but assume that you've all watched Roseanne at some point. Oh, of course, yeah. I actually have the box set of the entire original series. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of these on DVD, too. I know when we, like, oh, this is like 15, 10, 15 years ago, whatever, but, like, when you'd move into a new apartment and you couldn't get internet, so you'd just, like, what do we do for, like, three days? And we just watched all of Roseanne for, like, an entire weekend. Joe, in 2022, you moved into a house and you can't get internet. <laughs> you better take those DVDs out. Hey, leave the moose alone. He's doing his best work right now. <laughs> well, they're antlers, not antennas. <laughs> oh, shucks. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and uh, Ferg, you kind of touched on it by saying the original series run. Yeah, so originally nine seasons, and then 20-something years later, the show came back, and they did a 10th season, which was like another nine episodes. So um, originally like nine seasons, about 221 episodes, and then we came back in 2018 with that last season. Ferg touched on it uh, at the beginning, but we won't get too into it. Roseanne no longer part of the show, Roseanne. So they yeah, moving forward. <laughs> so moving forward, yeah, uh, the Connors now exist in television, and they're two or three seasons deep themselves now. And I think technically, could we do an episode of the I Connors? I was going to ask that the count? same thing. Is that a spinoff or is that a yeah. continuation? Either I, way, though, it's different, right? So yeah, we'd yeah. be like doing All in the Family and Archie Bunker's Place. It's sort of the same, but it's different enough. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe you'll see a Connors episode from us one day. Yeah, when we run out of shit. Yeah, there's a lot of shows. Yeah, we still need to do. <laughs> I will say though, I watched 
I've watched all of when Roseanne came back, we watched all of it and we've watched every episode of the Connors as well. So it's kind of weird to be like this show started in 87 and we're watching it as a very little kid. And now in 2022, we're still watching the same characters. Yeah. I mean, at full disclosure, I watch the Connors every week. I've watched every episode since it's come out. So yeah, in a, in a lot of ways, it does not feel like a different show because literally it goes from like the last episode of the newest season of Roseanne to the first episode of the Connors is just a continuation of the same thing. So are we but, going to assume Gordo has seen this show? Cause I'm not sure with him, honestly, I would, right? I would think he has seen it, but knows little to nothing about the show. Yeah, it's possible. They should do a season of the Connors where it was all a dream and Roseanne comes back. But like the dream was so real that like <laughs> uh, Dan's really in love with his new wife. It was an ambient <laughs> dream. Exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. Well, we'll an ambient dream. That took me a second, Nick. Good job. But uh, yeah. So let's get right into it, right? So it starts with the intro, which you know we're gonna go by just the you know the premise of our show is to ignore the future uh, and everything we know about it. But the intro itself, pretty iconic. They've updated it from season to season, and from here, from episode one on, they've had to update it as soon as episode two because of a casting change, but so what we're getting is the the whole cast, the family, is all sitting at a table in the dining room, kitchen area, and it's just a circular shot kind of going from face to face, spinning around, and you're just kind of sitting at the dinner table with them for a moment in time, and that's that's kind of all it is, but as Joe gave us a little bit of earlier, some harmonica music, and... <laughs> That's uh, that's the intro. Uh, feelings towards it? I, I mean, eh, you can't. I can't listen to this for the first time. You know what I mean? Like nobody can. Yep. So it's tough to like give you a, like a first impression of this because we've all heard it one million times. But I mean, yeah. I love it. Like, is this done by anybody, or is this just like some sort of network TV stinger? It's a blues musician. I forget his name now, but he's just kind of like a guy who was just like a musician and they like recorded the song for it. So he's not very, I looked up his discogs and everything and I didn't know him for much. I looked him up because I mean, if you remember Dan, in the night, not, not to jump ahead, but Nick saying the se- the song doesn't get out of your head in the ninth season, they change it to blues traveler and they add lyrics to the song. And now I can't not hear the lyrics when I hear it as well. Right. Maybe it was Dan on harmonica. He was in blues brothers 2000 after all. He was, and then there's a seat. Mm, I hate jumping ahead to this, but there's also a whole episode where Dan was almost in Blues Traveler, and Blues Traveler plays live with Dan <laughs> singing Sweet Home Chicago <laughs> in the very end. It's so fucking crazy. That's also in the last season where they fight Steven Seagal on a train. Dude, the last season of Roseanne is a fucking fever dream that is, like, unbelievable to explain. I mean, it was a dream in general, right? So, I mean, we won't get to it. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we won't get too into it. Um... So yeah, from the intro, we get to the opening scene, and we just see Roseanne and her son DJ talking, and again, we'll address it here, in the pilot episode alone, DJ is played by a different actor than from the entire run of the rest of the show. Sal Barone, which, is that Ray's dad's name? (laughs) (laughs) Sal. Sal. (laughs) Is it Sal? It I don't think it's right. It I'm agreeing right. with you blindly. I think I, I'm not 100 sure. What's the dad's name on the show? Uh, Frank Barone. That's Frank, what it is. Frank. Yeah. yeah, I saw Sal Barone. Like this little More kid named Google. Uh, this little kid named Sal Barone is so funny to me. He looks like he should be running a sub shop in Queens. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, all exactly. old men start as children. Hey, <laughs> they take have, a number. They have to work their way to old men. 
But yeah, so the I guess the reason they replaced him is just because after the pilot was filmed, when they were greenlit, they came back to film the rest of the season, and he was just way too old looking, and he was too close in age looking to. Darlene and Becky. So they wanted him to be considerably younger than the daughters. Um, and they didn't think it was going to work out because he was just, you know, aging too quickly as kids that age. Really? Do. And, and yeah. I guess before we even really get too much further, roughly how old are all these kids supposed to be? Do, Darlene do guys... and Becky are either 13 Eight, and 15 or 14 and, 14 and 15. Yeah, now they're both, Darlene and Becky are both teenagers, I think. They're like 13 and 15 or something. Oh, like I picked them as younger. Not. Yeah, I was watching. I, I, could, be, I, it was, I could be wrong. I thought it was supposed to be 6, 12, and 14, but the actor who plays Sal, Sal Barone is actually <laughs> 8. And then there was a writer's strike. That's why it took so long between the pilot. So when they came back, he was like a plucky 10-year-old with a mustache because his yeah. name is fucking Sal Barone. And they're like, sorry, buddy, not going to happen. Also, apparently he got into physical fights with Darlene and, and like on the stage. Oh, interesting. That's okay. That. New the, DJ um, is better anyway. So I was going to say, uh, I think his name is Michael Fishman plays DJ for yep. the rest of the series. I have not seen somebody on television who could act less than this kid can and still be on TV for as long as he was. He is maybe one of the worst actors I've ever seen. And he's been on TV for fucking 30 years. <laughs> I like, can't... I don't understand it. I, I'll say this. I defer you to um, Country Comfort, but... Well, they died after the first season. This shit kept going. Without skipping ahead too much or too often in this episode, as a, as a, a guy who watches the Connors, they use him very sparingly. And I think that is by design. Yeah, because he cannot act. I don't understand it. Like, how did you never take a fucking acting yeah, well, class? Yeah, he, he was a he yeah. was a child actor, and then the show disappeared forever. He wasn't really working, and then he came back because it was a cash grab. Yes, but well, we did get to see him though. If you watch Roseanne the years. whole run, yeah, I know. He you see him turn into like an awkward run. teenager, and by the end, they have to give him more storylines. He ends up uh, there's like a whole storyline where he ends up dating the girl who gets hung upside down and like bled to death in Hostel Two, which I think is. <laughs> The weirdest thing ever. Uh, I thought you were talking about Roseanne. I, I was not, like, when I, the me fuck too. did that happen? I'm like, Roseanne. <laughs> I'm like, first off, yeah, it's like, he's skipping the ahead. Last but season then, was very dark. Again, season nine was a fever dream. It was very strange. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Roseanne's talking to her son, and essentially it just starts off with his shoes in a knot, and she needs to untie it for him. And uh, he asks if he can have pie for breakfast, and she says, like, no, it's contaminated, which I thought was a weird response for that. Um, it's contaminated. <laughs> She really puts on the Midwest accent in the first episode. It's so hard not to do it. You can't do that this whole episode, or I won't be able to speak. <laughs> and then um, from there, uh, Dan walks in, John Goodman, and he asks if there's coffee. And then she's like, isn't there coffee every morning? And, and he's like, yes. He has a very slow delivery. He's not, he's not like as, as much as the characters you know from the future. And she's like, in the 15 years we've been married, has there ever been one morning where there hasn't been coffee? Like, no. Then why do you ask for coffee every morning if there's coffee? And then his response is, is there toast? And you can see her holding like a stack high of toast as, as you know, he's asking. You know what one of my favorite things about this show is the the relationship between Dan and Roseanne seems to bleed off of the screen. Like, you know, I feel like Roseanne and John Goodman had a lot of fun all the time because I feel like you can see genuine like 
laughter out of Roseanne anytime Dan delivers goofy lines like this because she's laughing and I feel like her character would be laughing too, but they always let it go like because it just they just seem so genuine. It's it's weird. I don't know how to explain it really. They it definitely have good like chemistry. Really, yeah, for sure. chemistry is the word I was looking for, but. They, 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 I agree with you, Nick. She laughs at this a bunch, and you're like, oh, she's really laughing. This isn't acting laughing, and she's not an she, actor at this point. Right, right? she she's, definitely just really finds John Goodman entertaining. Uh, right, but a stand-up comedian, they like your act, let's build a show around your act sort of scenario for this, right? So she doesn't have a whole bunch of acting experience, and she's great in it. Everyone else in this is really good because they're good actors. Roseanne's just good because she's charismatic and funny. Yeah, I'm glad, I actually I'm glad had you it. brought up the the laughing thing because I noticed that a lot throughout the episode. Not just her too, like the her coworkers and stuff. Certain jokes that they all like legitimately laugh, and at times it bothers me. It doesn't bother me when Roseanne does it. It bothers me when other characters do it. I definitely noted, and I was going to mention it later about her laughing because it does happen a lot. And yeah, you can tell she's inexperienced as an actor at this point. And because the show was developed around her, but she was, you know, stand up before this. And right. like a lot of sitcoms, kind of they find a stand up and base a show. Yeah, basically what I'm saying is I feel like it inadvertently adds realism to it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a real couple, like a wife would be agitated, but still laughing at her husband's stupid thing. You know what I mean? Instead of just angry the whole time, like, you know, like Ray's wife on Everybody Loves Raymond, who's just like a miserable shit the whole time. You know? <laughs> this show. Sal. The show has its flaws, but in a way it adds to the charm of the show that it wouldn't work on other shows. Exactly, yeah. So to leave like a, like a non-acting smile in there and some of the little things that happen throughout this, it makes it feel a little realer in a way that if you were to inject that in a full house of family yeah. matters, or something, it just wouldn't feel right. But here, it's a, it's, it's a lot more, I guess, raw is the way I'd, I'd want to explain it. Right, yeah. it I, I accept it on this show. It happens a lot on the show The Ranch, which I'm sure we'll cover someday, and it drives me nuts. So this is, you're right, this is the only show that this is really acceptable, and it, like, fits really well. Yeah. I was just gonna say, a weird thing about this, too, and it comes up more and more, is this is the kind of show that we definitely had a different opinion on. I feel like you have a different opinion on this show as a kid when you watch it, and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, oh, shit, this makes sense from such a different angle than it ever did before. For sure, which is, yeah. You can relate more to it. Yeah. Or like yeah, back then just, you related to the kids and now you relate to the parents and that's a weird thing to kind of come at it from. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, we are getting older. Yeah, your perspective <laughs> changed. I mean, that happened with a few shows that we've watched, you know, going back and revisiting them. It's just your mind as a child versus an adult are different. <laughs> so it's kind of nice when they have shows that can relate to the whole family because it does last longer. You can watch it, you know, it's, it stays a little more, um, the staying power for it. If it makes you uh, feel old at all, John Goodman was 36 when this filmed. Wow. Uh, yeah. Doesn't make and, you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I said make you feel old. I was going to say, and, and you know, for those listening who are unaware, two of the four of us are 36 and the other two will be within the next few months. So that is, that's actually pretty crazy because even watching it, he, obviously he looks a lot younger than now, but. I didn't peg him as my age when I'm watching it. I still see him as an adult, and, like, I'm not, even though I am. <laughs> yeah. so. Well, it's weird thinking, like, if you, he's, like, you know, later on in the episode, he's like, I was over at Dwight's having beers or whatever. You're like, I don't Dwight. think that 36-year-old John Goodman and 36-year-old us, he'd be like, get out of here, kid, you're bothering me. <laughs> like, it doesn't seem like we're the same yeah. people at all. 
Why does he talk old timey? <laughs> Get out of here, kid. <laughs> Let me enjoy my cigar. But uh, yeah, in any event, uh, this is when um, one of the two daughters, Becky, shows up, and she's um, she's going through the like the pantry area, and she's trying to take some cans for a food drive that they're having, and uh, they they pretty much halt her, and, and they allow her to take what two cans. And Dan was very adamant that she does not touch the creamed corn. Dan apparently loves corn. Yeah, because that comes up later. That so does come up later. Maybe yeah. it's a Midwestern thing. I mean, corn's fine. I, I don't have this uh, uh, like affinity towards it, but no, I mean, I'm pro corn. Actually, I don't blame him though, because I think a corn is not like a can of corn we'd buy. It's a massive yeah, gallon we'll, tub of we'll, yeah, corn. Yeah, we'll explore that. A little We're gonna more. get into that because I've got a lot of yeah. I want to talk about a little bit later that on. scene. Uh, and also, I, I did want to bring up just the set in general at this point because we're looking at we're in the. So far, we exclusively in the kitchen dining room area. This house looks very lived in, and not in a way that other sets. Yeah, they do. they try to make it look like that, but it ends up being like we've discussed this before. Like the shitty apartment is never really shitty. They did a really good job with this by making it look like a, you know, a house that has three kids and two working parents. Like it, yeah, it's a good still job huge it, yeah. though. We've talked about that. Like it's a yeah, shitty well, place, are, but it's gigantic. Like, I mean, they're like a middle class family in the suburbs. Like they're not. Yeah. Like doing awful, awful. They're getting by, but you know, with a uh, two working parents and funny thing, the blanket they have on the couch, my grandmother had like the exact same. Oh, really? Yeah. I think yeah, the thing I made always, it I even always to the reboot. Remembered. Yeah, but um, you know, just looking around, you see like there's dishes like in the in the dish strainer and whatever, and it it just I don't know. In a lot of other shows, they try to make the sets look lived in and not too model homish, but they never look quite as authentic. Where here it really looked like if if you really like walked into that set and moved around, you would just feel like you're at a friend's house. You know, and you gotta wonder too, how much input did like Roseanne have in this? Because you have to imagine Roseanne is not, you know, rich and famous at this point, right? So whereas somebody who's developing a sitcom now, say someone like, you know, it doesn't even matter who but John Mulaney. Right. Who has money, right? And he he's kind of lost touch with how he used to be and stuff like that. So maybe Roseanne herself was like, nope, it needs to look like this because maybe it's similar to how she lived. You know what I mean? Well, Roseanne definitely was like lower middle class growing up, big family, Midwest, right? So this is, and again, like you said, she wasn't super famous at this point. She would have done like, what, a few like Rodney Dangerfield specials and <laughs> sort of had like a... Sign me up. <laughs> just mentioned Rodney and Ferg starts laughing. <laughs> And then we uh we meet the other daughter Darlene <laughs> at this point, and it's she enters by just walking into the kitchen and like slapping her brother in the head with a book, <laughs> and, and then and, and start telling wrestling. her mom that he started it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I get that like siblings fight, and listen, I've had my share myself, uh, but just the idea of just storming in and just whacking him in the head with a book like that was a little aggressive, but I guess not uncommon completely i think that age too like those two are gonna fight that way more because they're so close in age and then uh i'm not gonna hover on it child actors but like sometimes they were a little over the top with the fighting they're acting while fighting i thought darlene was very realistic actually as far as the three children went i thought she was the like the most uh seemed authentic uh darlene played by sarah gilbert 
who's well now they're all involved well, in the Connors th- these days. But I think it, uh, what helps is back then they were having kids. They were hiring kids the age of that they were playing. Whereas now you've got like twenty six year old kids playing freshmen in high school. And they just hey, have to Screech. Like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it's like, oh, guys, yeah. I think we lost the plot on this Whereas one. Whereas I'm yeah. pretty sure all of these kids are playing their age within a year uh, or so. So that definitely helps the realism, I think. Except, of course, for Sal. <laughs> Sal. <laughs> yeah, Sal's the baby from Roger Rabbit. <laughs> My stogie. Come on, but, uh, but, you know, it's, well, you have to be careful, right? If you're going to do a family sitcom like this and you hope there's going to be some staying power. If your kids especially are too old up front and you're five seasons deep, kids age pretty quickly. Like, that jump from five to ten is very drastic. Yeah, look at Stranger Things. They're all, like, remember watching the first season, they're all little kids, and now, like, the newest seasons, they're all, like, young adults. And it's like, oh, you're not cute anymore. I'm not worried about you. Like, we're going to hear about them being, like, in, like, sex scandals and stuff soon. <laughs> you know what show that happened to a lot? Um, this is a great example of it. Um, Modern Family. Modern Family was like oh, the yeah. first show in this age I can remember where it was like, look at these cute kids. And then within five years, every website was like, her fucking nipple fell out. And you're like, whoa, guys, <laughs> chill out. Jay was on we're, all of them. Just whoa, talking whoa, about little kids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. <laughs> you know that's true. That shit was everywhere. Modern Family, I'm sure we'll be covering very soon. I love Modern Family. I just did not like the countdown from perverts worldwide being like, they're almost 18. It's like, everybody can just (laughs) chill out for a bit. Can we just move on? I always thought that it's like, like, you've seen that on sites, and and this is a bit of a tangent, but you've seen like literally like age countdowns on things, and you go, what is wrong with people? Yeah, it is uncomfortable. And it's like, and it's guys that are like far older than us. So it, it's oh, like it's some 64 year old dude being like, I can't wait till that little girl 17.75 because in some states that's legal. Well, let's uh, let's j- jump away from this. So, yeah. So anyways, the two kids are fighting. Roseanne breaks it up and uh, you get like Dan chiming in with a quick listen to your mother. But he's not <laughs> actively his kids are wrestling at each other two feet from him. He, does, he can't bother to stand up. And she starts pouring DJ a bowl of cereal. And I, did any of you guys notice it's just she misses? Well, no, not just that, oh, but the cereal's that. called Odie's. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> and to me, I was like, sounds great. But, uh, yeah, but, but you were. And the like Becky bitch. runs up, <laughs> Becky runs up and grabs some from the box. I think that's when it spills because now it's like. No, it spills when she pours. And then be- when she goes to pour into Darlene's after, that's when Becky reaches in. Becky like sticks her hand in the box as it's pouring though. Like, so you're clearly making a giant mess. Like just to get a handful out and spray it all around later on too, when they're having the fight at the end of the episode, she like goes with the groceries way and just flat drops a box on the floor in the kitchen and just keeps going. And then I was like, Oh, she'll turn around and pick it up. Right. It's like, Nope. Just that lives there now. Blew my mind. It's uh, if I didn't say I haven't done that. (laughs) (laughs) So it's real. It belongs now. But even like looking at all that stuff, like the, just the chaos of everything happening, the the back and the wrestling, the I guess it's tough to describe um, verbally to people listening how much is happening at once at all times on this show. Yeah. Like it's a lot of fast paced, very realistic. But that's the thing, yeah, it's very realistic. It's not made to be a sitcommy version of real life. It's it, yeah, they it's, try to play it pretty real. But if we could, you know, put a juxtaposition up against the show we've already done, use like Home Improvement for example, where the mom's cooking breakfast. The three boys are sitting at the table. 
everybody's dressed in like finishing up their homework and eating breakfast. Like it, that's not real. Like this is way more true to form. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's chaos. Chaos is actually what happens in the morning. Not, yeah, not a bunch of kids like reading books at a countertop. Yeah. Siblings hate each other. Everyone fights. That, I mean, even look at the popping up left and right, the contents of breakfast, it was coffee, toast and cereal. Like there wasn't like this smorgasbord of bacon and eggs and stuff like that. That is the best point. Cause it's so easy to just toss a bunch of, bread in the toaster and the kids get cereal and look i made a pot of coffee i walked away right. from it and like brushed my teeth while it was brewing i don't have to be in front of it right whenever you see these things where there's a, you ever make a giant breakfast before how much time goes into making yeah like a giant on, breakfast? on christmas like that's the only time i make a giant breakfast like for the family yeah it's great it's amazing to have but there's a reason that breakfast restaurants are a thing because it's way easier to go to a place and be like yeah just give me one of all of these things versus me spending two hours doing it myself I find that too. When I make a big breakfast, when we're actually enjoying it, I'm always like, this wasn't worth the work. <laughs> it really wasn't. You know what I've discovered is put your bacon in the oven. Like you don't need to do it on the stovetop. Put your bacon in the oven. It's going to taste like the exact same. I the way it same. makes it taste. It, you, uh, I don't think I taste test. I don't think you'd know the difference. I did. I'm with Nick on this one. It had a weird burnt taste to it and it wasn't burnt. I can, <laughs> I can 100% see Ferg having a tantrum over the bacon being cooked in the oven and not in the stove. Eggs in the oven? Get, spits it out. <laughs> I do, I, I do everything stovetop. Uh, much like Cast not having on. caffeine for a decade, I hadn't had real bacon in something like six or seven years. Because of the caffeine in it? Yeah, because it just wired me. I couldn't sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. But like when we'd cook, we'd use turkey bacon for things, and I actually really like turkey bacon. I don't mind it. I, I like so turkey. you have to it's eat it in some things. You have All to eat it like off the good. pan, off the pan, because it dries up so quickly. Or or you like cut it, it up burns and put it fast into something too. Else. Out of nowhere, it could be cooking perfectly. You look away yes, for a second. You walk it's away. Black, it's done. Like, There's no fat, so it just <laughs> it just burns. But I, I was do, getting. I do like the taste. I I just think it's really ugly. <laughs> it is it. flat and hard and weird, but I really like it because I'm I have a weird obsession with foods that destroy my mouth. I don't know what it is, but like we'll make like a BLT and I'm like make the bacon super hard and the bread as toasty as possible because I want to feel like I'm bleeding inside. <laughs> I hate and then, that. And, and then the Joe shoving fucking Captain <laughs> then, Crunch down. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it makes the flavor taste good. Like it gets into your bloodstream faster. It's like a heroin thing. It might be actually getting into your blood. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like. <laughs> There's a certain point where you can enjoy like X amount of pineapple, and then if you continue to eat pineapple, you just cut up the roof of your mouth. Wait, <laughs> are you eating pineapple? outside of the pineapple? Yeah, wh- what? <laughs> no, I'm telling you, you have to eat a lot of it. But believe you me, pineapple are you eating? How good are you trying to make your cum taste? Fruit. I'm telling you, listen. There, it's no secret that I can consume a very large quantity. Yeah, have you of eaten things. a whole pineapple before? I've bought uh, like a cut thing of pineapple from the store that's two pounds of pineapple and two ate the pounds? whole thing. <laughs> was, it, was it two pounds of stems? Like, I, <laughs> did I tell you guys recently I had four pounds worth of yogurt and fruit the other, like, the other day? <laughs> you realize the secondary question of that was You're what was the plumbing. next morning like? Holy Fine. shit, four pounds of fruit and yogurt? Iron stomach. What about that time you ate a bunch of sunflower seeds? That was Shell and all. <laughs> <laughs> Not an iron butthole, just an iron stomach. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm really glad Gordo's not here for this conversation. He'd be uh, losing his mind. Snort. Hold on. I'll fill in for him. (laughs) 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 But uh, to go back to the breakfast, uh, it was recommended by DJ that they had pie for breakfast. Again, he brings it up because he thought maybe dad would be on his side. 
And he and was, he, but he had to yeah, check he, with Monica. Yeah, he yeah. just gives like he gives Roseanne the look, and she's like, "Tell him no." I do love that mentality too. Like, I don't know how I will handle having kids because of that sort of thing. You know, <laughs> sounds like a good idea to me. There's uh, also go- something. Also going on at the same time was Becky's on the phone. Roseanne makes her get off the phone, and then like two seconds later, the phone rings again, and Roseanne picks up for her. <laughs> It just goes, oh, me. hi, I looked in the mirror and I'm getting boobs. I'm getting boobs. Tell me dildo. I definitely went Louie Anderson there. I'm sorry. And I, and I thought, <laughs> in the moment when she did that, I thought the gag was going to be that it wasn't her friend again. She I didn't That would have yeah. been great. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like caller ID or anything at that point. So she's just picking up and just blindly expecting it. It would be her mom or her boss or somebody, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, her boss, George Clooney. Dan, it's for you. Greg Wellman. Darlene now hands Roseanne a, um, a note from her history teacher telling her that she needs to meet with her after school today at 3.15. And Roseanne's like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Darlene's like, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? Throw myself off a bridge? She's like, yeah, and take your brother and sister with you. <laughs> yeah, no bungee cord. This was I- the joke that, that made me question something. Because I saw all these jokes coming, right? Would I have seen that joke coming had I not seen Roseanne before? No. For them to throw themselves off a bridge? For, for the mom to have like that kind of flippant humor? I knew that kind of retort was coming from Roseanne when she asked that question about, should I throw myself off a bridge? You wouldn't have known because before this show, that kind of sh- like humor wasn't yeah, on sitcoms. It's very, that, yeah. Roseanne would have gotten down on one knee and been like, now, Darlene, when school calls, it's always better if you tell us ahead of time. Like, it was <laughs> yeah. just a different, there's always that, like, moral of the story type of thing. Thanks, whereas Dad. Roseanne I was never just like, life is fucking way. chaos. I'm trying to think, was Ro- so Roseanne was 88. When was Married with Children, 89? It's either 88 or 89. It's within, it's this, within the same year or a year between. Because those got to be pretty close to one another as far as. No, 87. 87. Yeah. April wow. 5th, 87. So Married with Children was first. Okay. Yeah. So they were really the, they came before them as far as like that grittier style household. But I thought it was after too. I wonder how much of an they influence were, they were the They were the grittier like, like. Con- A little like, more exaggerated comedian, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah. When you look at that Roseanne family. Roseanne was very realistic gritty. Like Exactly. All- yeah. I feel like Rose, um, not Rosanna, Married with Children is like, hey, if we take the humor of like Porky's and make it a family sitcom. Whereas Roseanne is like, it's Porky's and it's family sitcom, but like, it's actually a family sitcom. Like, you mean like Married with Children is like, it's about a family, but it's not, it's very rare yeah. that you're like, you, oh, yeah, feels- you don't look at the Bundys and go, oh, that reminds me of like my buddy's parents or like, that's like, I right. know a girl like her. Like, that's not really what they are. They're a little Hell more buddy. like a more cartoony version you know, of, yeah. of a family. Yeah, it's like over-exaggerated. It's like a mad TV version. Where Roseanne, you literally, every single character that we've met so far is like somebody you knew at one point in time. Yeah, right down also, to the Also, I like to say I meant Mad Magazine, not Mad TV. That would make no sense without that correction. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so the horn uh, honks from outside, and, and DJ and Darlene run off uh, to go to school. And now you got just... Dan and Roseanne in the kitchen together, and they get into an argument, which I like. Again, it, it just aids to the realness. And it was about how Dan hates when there's like toast crumbs on the butter. This is everybody who's been in a relationship has this conversation. Not exactly, but this roundabout thing, right? Hey, You're doing that's how a thing Reese's I don't peanut like. butter cups got invented, all right? What? That's how Reese's peanut butter cups got invented. <laughs> that is true. Toast crumbs on butter. <laughs> <laughs> 
But how come nobody has packaged the butter with breadcrumbs on it as a snack yet? <laughs> Ugh. You could be the first. Only 50,000 calories. But yeah, no, these arguments are super realistic. But yeah, that is something that only comes with someone that you have a history with. You would probably bite your, unless you're like a complete lunatic, you wouldn't say that to someone you just started dating or anything like that. Which is funny because I was, I could see you doing that. <laughs> someone you just started dating. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking uh, crumbs in the butter. I'm out of here. I would probably. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't know I was dating a fucking savage. <laughs> <laughs> I could, I could see myself maybe making a comment, but not like I would probably try to make a joke out of it before I had a serious debate like Dan's having in this moment. I remember one time we had to do an inventory thing at work. We had to be there at like you know four in the morning or whatever, and no coffee shops were open that early. So I went and like got a coffee maker and bought a ton of coffee and was like, Hey, I make coffee for everybody. And the girl, one of those girls we worked with, like, you know, when the coffee is halfway done, you can like pull the pot out and pour a cup and it'll keep going. She did that. And it just like, was this kind of argument where I was like, who the fuck raised you? <laughs> Nobody else has even gotten heaven. You think you can come in here before it's even fucking done. And people to, like pull me away. It was like, Joe, what's going on? It's like, I don't know. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> And now if I see anybody pull the coffee before I get like PTSD about it or I'm like, uh, this is like a mash scenario happening. I can't <laughs> handle it. Joe getting hot coffee in the face. <laughs> Just like, fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, what I liked about this argument too is Roseanne doesn't see where he's coming from or why it's a big deal. But when he goes, well, you hate when there's jelly in the peanut butter and she's like, uh, yeah, that's just sickening. Like, <laughs> so she does have the same type of things that bother her, but. When I guess when it's on your side, you don't see it. I don't know if so much if it's an argument or just the, like just having like a witty conversation, like back and forth. Retort, um, like. it wasn't a, it wasn't like a super serious like fight or anything. That comes but later, but like. yeah, but he was he wasn't kidding by bringing it up. He it's wanted to make to it known that he's always him. smiling, like even like yeah. even with, like delivering any line, he's always smiling, like and there's I, always resolve that's. That's happy, right? Because it's like the, I love you, darling. Like, yeah. they don't stay mad. <laughs> yeah, and that was after her resolve, which was to just cut a giant chunk of the butter off and hand them the rest of it. But yeah, they do that southern <laughs> thing with one another afterwards. <laughs> and I wanted to point out, I don't know if any of you guys caught this, but depending on what take they were using, you could tell it was multiple takes because Dan is at a different variable of how sweaty he is. <laughs> yes he's so always very sweaty there's some takes where you can literally see like the sweat rolling down his face and then it will cut away again and then it's like he's fine <laughs> so depending on i don't know how hot the stage was i mean dan's a bigger guy but he was so sweaty at certain points but it was inconsistent because they were using multiple takes those lights are probably pretty I gonna, warm i was gonna say the exact same thing Oh, I, I bet. And, you. and I sweat pretty easy myself, so I can't imagine I would be in a different situation, but yeah, usually you'd have, as it is. you'd have people on set, in most cases, running up and like patting your face dry before uh, a, a new scene. And then uh, 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 the horn honks again, like, it must be a different car for Becky, so I don't know, maybe Becky's just old enough to be in a different school as the other two, because she has a separate, uh, a separate ride. Was it a ride? I felt like with the kids it was the bus, and yeah. with her it was a friend. Um. Oh, maybe I didn't. But it could have been two buses another. too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it was the friend she was on the phone with super early in the morning, and she's all excited to see her boobs. <laughs> what? 
Oh, when, when Roseanne picked up the phone and said, I got boobs. The, this isn't getting weird. <laughs> the friend's driving over to see them. Well, uh, moving on. This is when Roseanne uh, tells Dan about how she needs him to fix the sink. I guess it was clogged up and he was going to just plunge it out. But she's like, no, I need you to actually fix it this time. And um, as this conversation is going on is when Becky runs through because of the horn honking for apparently as Joe suspects her friend wanting to see her boobs. Uh, And she tells Roseanne that her backpack fell apart, even though she just got it a day ago. So now she needs Roseanne to run to the store and get a new one for her by the next day. So Roseanne's like, can to Dan, can you meet with Darlene's teacher after school? He's like, Oh, I can't today. He's like, I'm putting a bid on a job. And if I get it, I have to start doing construction this afternoon. He's like, well, what about the quick turnaround by the way? Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, you got the job running back right now like you're gonna get stock like you find out he's a drywall guy like i mean i imagine you have some drywall stock with you but like most jobs like that especially if you're kind of a living paycheck to paycheck you know you're not gonna have like fifty thousand pieces of it in your drywall. yeah you do the you you do the appraisal you get your deposit i think he was gonna i think he couldn't do it because he had to prepare for the presentation to make his bid no, he said think. they were going to start construction that day if they got yeah. the bid. Oh, uh, okay. And the bid at that point is just like around and go like, bingo, bingo, bongo, $4,000. And they're like, yeah. okay. Well, maybe it's, it's the same day. It, didn't, it seemed like a pretty shady business. <laughs> it didn't seem like they were like, you know, on the up and up. Uh, I will say I looked online and people do have, you can buy the four races drywall hats that Dan wears on the internet. And I'm very tempted to buy one. Oh, now I am too, now that I'm aware of it. All right, we're gonna have to get one for everybody. Uh, if, make yeah, of that. I know if you'd said something beforehand, I'd be wearing one right now. Um, well, so now I we're gonna up. have to now we're gonna have to do the Connors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so Roseanne's like, okay, well then, can you at least do the book bag? And he's like, well, no, it's either gonna be that or the sink. She's like, all right, fix the sink. And I just thought, you know, this this is pretty typical of a standard household around these times, I guess. Where a, I guess it, a lot falls on the mom and. I don't know if we even gave our own moms enough credit for how much running around they had to do back then, but Roseanne's working a full day and now she has to leave work. She has to go to the schools. She has to run to the store, change the, change the bags, be home, take care of the kids, make food. There's a lot on her. And uh, Dan really is not willing to contribute right now. I will say this. If, if you think about it, I'd like to think that we were all, you know, knowing us all pretty well, we were all pretty, had pretty decent relationships with our parents. But there were times we were probably absolutely like abhorrent nightmares to our parents. Uh, yeah, you, I, yeah, all the time. You watch this and you're like, oh God, and it was all for nothing. And why? Oh, you feel so bad. That's the perspective of being an adult now watching the show. Yep. Speak for yourself. I was an angel. Yeah. Fuck you, Ferg. <laughs> As he's saying that, by the way, his mom's sliding a, a thing of cookies under the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> a can but, of Pepsi just rolls across the screen. Yeah. I but yeah, I know Pepsi and cookies as all that was happening. I just felt for her. Cause like, I'm a pretty busy guy myself and I'm just like, I'm getting stressed out thinking about all the things she needs to do today. And also that I'm not very good at fixing sinks. I'm not very good at plumbing. So in this situation too, I'd be like, no, I'll do the plunger thing, but we're going to keep doing that until this gets bad enough that I have to pay somebody. We're right going to do the plunger thing until we can never do the plunger thing again. Yeah. I mean, how else do you fix a sink? That's the issue. You know what the worst part about that is? You know you don't buy a second plunger for this. You know you're using the toilet plunger in the sink. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know there are sink plungers, right? You know the, the plungers you get that are like bells almost? 
Yeah, like, yeah. Those are sink plungers. I just thought it was a fancy plunger. Yeah, no. I just thought that they somebody was like, this design hasn't changed in 2,000 years. <laughs> the opening's smaller for the sink. No lie, I had a conversation with someone earlier via text where a plunger got mentioned, and that's when I realized there's a plunger emoji. And I was like, wow, they really do make plun- uh, like emojis for everything, huh? How, <laughs> how often is that needed? But here I was today using it, so. <laughs> that's why it's there. It'll come up. You're welcome, Jay. And, uh... So, yeah, she kind of gets into the, all right, I'll do everything like I always do. And, you know, I'll get out of work an hour early and gives him the, the whole spiel. And um, it turns into like the like a more playful conversation with like, are you sorry we got married <laughs> every second of my life? Me too. Are you really? Nah, me neither then. It was like a sweet little, they wound yeah. down from that really quick. When we watched the episode of Mad About You and there's like the whole like more and you're like, oh shit, that felt so real. This scene to me felt so real. Just like like offhanded comment. If you're sorry, we get married every day of my life. Like that's yep. literally wife and I banter constantly, yeah. right? And then Roseanne uh, gets in the conversation with Dan about who he thinks he would marry had they not wound up together. And she's like very infatuated with the, with the question. She wants to, she's joking, but she wants to know. She's like, oh, I know it's Beth Winchester. And he's like, no. And he's like laughing and she's pro- like prodding him and prodding him. And finally, he's like, Josephine Carter. And she's like, what? Josephine Carter? That old slut? For some reason, when I wrote my notes down, I wrote that as Jimmy Carter. I don't know what state of whiskey I was in when I watched this the other day, but now I'm just picturing John Goodman and Jimmy Carter. Like, oh, hello there, Dan. Who wants a peanut? Like, my brain is fucking gone. Also, rookie move by Dan. Never answer that. That was clearly a trap. You know what the hard part about that is? They went to school together. They know all the same people. He can't yep. even lie and be like, yeah. oh, probably like Connie Smith. You know? You should be like, oh, who was that? Be like, oh, we dated, but she had a double nose. Yeah. Worst she... case, you make a joke or pick like a TV celebrity or a movie. You <laughs> always so. just go with Andy Griffith. Everyone's just like, okay, I guess. And then, <laughs> then you just start whistling and the joke's over. You, you can move away from it. No fights. He gave, shot him. He gave such a like specific reason why, too, because of her toes. <laughs> because yeah. the way she would like sit with her foot like crossed with her like her flip-flop dangling over her foot or whatever. I was like, ugh, all right. It's like your old coworker there you were talking about the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're, we're not going to say that, names, obviously. But were we talking about that like, on the show or otherwise? The dick I don't guy? remember. We're not going to get into it. We, we're not going to get into it except for the time that he said he'd buy us all underage kids booze if the girl we're with would show him his feet. And we oh. all, as terrible 17 year olds, were like, yo, take your shoes off. <laughs> we're not, we're not going to get into it, but we're going to get into it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. We'll, we'll leave names. I didn't mention names of anybody involved. So, anyways, she's like, so you were, you were going to marry her for that, the, the toe thing? And he's like, yes, ma'am. She's like, okay, well, why didn't you? And then he gives a very detailed, well, the morning I was going to propose, I took her over to this little coffee shop, a real quiet out of the way place. And just as uh, as I was about to propose, she smeared toast crumbs all over the butter. That was it. I got up. I left. I didn't even pay the check. I love that wraparound. I love that too. He he does a great callback and he also makes a, he does like a really funny voice as he's doing that. He gets into like a real funny character. Yeah, I did a little, he got a little stern towards the end to, uh, to make it known. And that was the the close of that first scene. Then we get to um, Roseanne at work is the is the next scene. We get an exterior shot of Wellman Plastics, and uh, we start off in the break room, and that's where Roseanne tells her boss 
hunky George Clooney. Oh boy. That she needs to get out an hour early today. I actually forgot he was on the show. So this was like yeah. new to me again watching it. I think he was really only in the first season. He comes back a few times. Yeah. Uh only he was only twenty six years old. And, wow. Yeah. Handsome and as the day is long. Man this is, this is before ER, right? Well, oh, yeah. the original, well there was that comedy ER that he was also on, but he did that before this. Okay. And but this uh, would have been um, the first time he worked with John Goodman pre uh, Oh Brother Wrote, though. Oh, right? shit. Oh, yeah. I never put that together. Yeah. yeah. We thought you was a toad. <laughs> <laughs> a herny toad. Good for him at 26, working up the corporate ladder at Wellman Plastics. The treasure. Uh, but as of like bigger things, the uh, Facts of Life is really the only other thing he was in big enough before this. At this point, yeah. Oh, he was actually in uh, the Golden Girls, girls for an girls, episode. Girls, girls, <laughs> Wellman Plastics is hiring. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... Yeah, she tells uh, she tells her boss she needs to get out of work an hour early. He says that they can't because they're like 200 cases behind on some order. I don't know exactly what it is that they make. All I know is they deal with plastic. So the 200 cases cutlery. is a lot. Is it cutlery? I can see both yeah. their sides, by the way. It's like you're supposed to feel bad for Roseanne, but that's her job. <laughs> well, you know what, though? It's, so, it's a legitimate reason, and she does actually need to get out. The last but, second thing. But yeah, there was no warning, but we've also, in our lives at different places. you chaos. That's why I said I could see both of their not, sides. Not even like, just that, but like we've all worked with people who take advantage of situations like that and exaggerate how often things like that come up and do yeah. whatever they can to get out of work. So as the boss, he's dealing with all different types of people. So for every Roseanne that legitimately needs to get out there, there's also... Someone else who works, you know, in the same job who's constantly finding excuses to leave early. So who knows? And he also presumably single 26 year old guy doesn't, he doesn't have get it. the bandwidth to understand why she needs to leave. So it's a tough sell for her just on that alone. Right. So he's telling her, you know, here, we, you know, we're a winning team, you know, and he's trying to make them a winning team. Um, his name's Booker, by the way. And he's using this sports analogy, and he's talking about how all the players are equally as important, and the running backs are no more important than the pulling guards. And Roseanne tries to give him like a non-sports uh, example, talking about the old quilting bees, which is um, what you say it's a bunch of old barefoot women on a prairie who make a giant quilt together, and they all just make a patch each. And um, and neither is more important than the other. Yeah, is and a pulling he, guard a regular position in football? Not you're not listed as the pulling guard. Okay, because that didn't. I mean, I'm I'm admittedly not knowledgeable about football, but that was like, wait, what the fuck's a pulling guard? That flagged me too, and I was like, I I like didn't call attention because I didn't want to do the research to know for sure. <laughs> but well, I don't. Well, know, I didn't either, so I guess we all fucked up there. Yeah, but. I don't know that to be like a normal position unless S1 that's one e one pod on Instagram. Let us know what the fuck a pulling guard is. Yes. If not, we'll just Google it. We'll Google it eventually. <laughs> I Before, won't. I'm literally I'm, waiting for like... Yeah, our go-to Google guy is not around It's a blocking today. player in American football who leaves his usual spot in order to pick up another assignment on the opposite side of the field, running behind the other offensive lineman to sprint out in front of a running back and engage in a defensive player before the initial width of the offensive line. So yeah. you are... So it's something that you do within a play, but that's not that your like specific... Breath. Position. Yeah. That's something. Yeah, it's definitely still a thing. They just don't call it that. Yeah, you're not like on the team as like, my name's Greg Aikman. 
And uh, thank you. I am the pulling guard on the team. But, a water boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they they come to a only needle dicks play pulling guard is basically what you're yes. saying. <laughs> so Booker says, "Listen, you know, I'll let you leave a half hour early, and it's going to come out of your pay." So <laughs> she's like, "Well, there goes my Porsche." <laughs> Uh, when the marathon bombings happened, I worked like right next to it. Me like, too. Pretty close to where it happened, right? So we're downtown, everything's going to hell. I'm getting texts from people being like, there are bodies. And you're like, oh my God. So I tell my boss, who is a close friend of mine, hey, I'm getting out of here because the city's on fire. And his response to me was, yeah, just like put it down in your time sheet that you left early. I just started laughing so hard. It was like, <laughs> dude, we don't know what's because no one knew what was happening. Priorities. Yet. It was just like there were just bombs happening. It was like, okay, I guess I will lose the hour of pay. Fine. <laughs> On the contrary, I got overtime that day because I had to fucking go there. I was gonna say, I assume they made you were not going anywhere. Yeah, I feel like uh, to go back a second. Roseanne wasn't that thankful. He gives. He says you can leave a half hour early, and she's just sarcastic. <laughs> she doesn't even say thank you. I feel like it's hard to be thankful. Like I feel like her act. She in real life, you know, she is thankful, but then she's just kind of not happy that she has to leave work, lose money, and still go see her kid's teacher. Like so, she can't muster up the proper to be like thank you for that. She's yeah. still like, oh, I she's still she's stressed still. out about her day. Yeah, and now she, because they are in the break room, she goes and sits down to finish the rest of the break with the other girls who work there. And um, they just kind of get into a conversation about how, you know, I, I love it when guys use uh, sports analogies. Uh, you know, it does something to me. The only thing that's more exciting is when Dan talks about hydraulic jacks and snow tires. And then uh, her friend Crystal's like, you know, you can joke all you want. You got yourself an ideal man. And it's like, I, I, do, I do anything to get a man like Dan. He stays home. He never runs around on you. He's good with the kids and he's hygienic. Crystal <laughs> is by far my favorite. Roseanne character of all time and every time these early seasons or this early episode just like her character it just I don't know it's like makes me smile like I can't she's just see so her. aloof yeah she it's really just does perfect love Dan, by the way she eventually uh dates uh marries his dad she does and uh there's also a great episode later on where you, uh, in the first season where you find out that her first husband who did run around on her which is the reasoning she's so upset about that fell into a bridge pylon while he was making the bridge and now he's encased in concrete forever <laughs> <laughs> and did she deliver it as like deadpan as she does every line in the pilot episode no that's a very emotional <laughs> I couldn't get past still the way very funny. The way she said hygienic, I just couldn't get past it. Hygienic. Hygienic. And then uh, Roseanne explains, you think he came that way? And that it took 15 years of fighting. And then she grabs like a donut off a, off the serving plate of donuts, I guess, that they have readily available for them. That's, that's and, pretty good perk. Yeah. And uh, she's like flicking sprinkles off, essentially, to say, you know, all the things that you have to take away. She's like, first you got to take off all the stuff his mom did to him. Then you have to get rid of all the macho crap, and then uh, they that they get from the beer commercials, and then her personal favorite, the male ego. And she takes like a big bite of the donut, and all the girls go wild. They're very entertained by this. I was trying to think of beer commercials at this time, and to be like, okay, so like what macho thing was happening? And literally, all I could think of was Spuds McKenzie, and I love the idea of Roseanne being like. Every time that fucking dog comes on the commercial, Dan gets all riled up. I'm a man, damn it. <laughs> Spuds McKenzie can play a guitar, so can I. And then the uh, uh, Spuds McKenzie, I'm assuming that dog is 
long dead. You also just confused yeah. half of our audience. <laughs> well, if, if people Google don't know it. Spots McKenzie no. is, it is worth a Google. Yeah, go go look it up. <laughs> the YouTube exists, and so the whistle blows, and I was like, "Is that still a thing?" Like that typical hey thought, breaks yeah, over. I that was like very a Flintstones whistle, <laughs> like yeah. a steam yeah. whistle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, John Goodman went on to be Fred Flintstone later on. See, Viva Rock Vegas, baby. He's not in that one. He's not in that one, which is good for him. <laughs> that one's so bad. Yeah, He's so, basically uh, in the Flintstones movie that's essentially the TV show Dinosaurs, yes. which is essentially better than Cavemen. Well, we'll find out eventually. Damn, damn but uh, so everyone scatters and gets back to work, except for Roseanne, who I guess does not flinch very quickly when she hears the whistle blow. And that's when her sister comes over, Jackie. Hey, sis. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Jackie's hair. Like I know oh it's my like God. 90s yeah. hair, but Jesus wow. Christ, it, I, it looks like a wig. It did look like a wig. They <laughs> both they both have like a like kind of a perm situation going on, but Roseanne's is a little bit more believable. Jackie's like <laughs> looks like you could just yeah plop it right off and and set it down. And Jackie's telling her about the se- uh, seminar she went to, see it and be it. And this is like a big thing, right, going on at that time, the whole like snake oil salesman of like, you go to a hotel lobby, you pay 50 bucks, and somebody tells you how you're going to make a million dollars, and people just fall for it so hard. Not just at the time, those things still exist. They, yeah, they very much happen now. I guess they More still on the exist, internet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, basically it's, um, you know, she's explaining everything to her, and it's the whole, if your mind can conceive it, and you, your heart can believe it, then you can achieve it. It's like, it's a good line, but... Oh, yeah, wow. what's the guy's name? Is it Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins? Yeah, it's yeah. a very Tony Robbins God, thing. Yeah. yeah, back off, banana hands. <laughs> As she's telling her about this uh, <laughs> seminar, they so they walk from the break room to the main working area, and I thought it was really weird. I don't know if you guys noted it. So they go to like the side area, and as they're walking, the camera's moving with them. But for these kind of sitcoms, there's not a lot of cameras that move with you, so it it gave the show a whole different feel yeah, for that one shot. Much bigger depth to it, yeah. All of a sudden, it felt like a movie for 10 seconds. It was, like, really strange. There's, like, cameras on a track moving to a different room in the factory. Yeah. yeah. Instead of, like, one static shot. It was, like, it really, like, it threw me off for a second. And uh, as they get back to the main working area, Crystal hears this conversation. And this is when Roseanne's like, oh, sis went to another one of her seminars. And then Crystal's like, well, maybe I should go to one of them. And Jackie's trying to push it on her herself. And she's like, you know, you you really should go. It'll change your life. And Crystal's like, I, I've loved to change my life. The best line of the whole episode. <laughs> Delivered so well. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it goes back to like what you get um, by, you know, visualization. And she's saying you got to use your mind's potential to get anything you want. And you want a brand new car? All I have to do is visualize it. And then, and then Roseanne starts talking about all the things she's visualizing, which are a clean house and kids who don't talk back and a husband who waits on her hand and foot. And she continues on with, and we're all getting in Crystal's brand new car and then we're going to drive up to this beautiful mountain road and go to the countryside to visit my sister who's in the nut barn. <laughs> Isn't it weird that nut, when we were kids, is like a very common term for a crazy person? And now I feel like no one says like, oh, that's nutty. Or like, oh, we're going to the nut barn. So I don't know. I, I feel like any correlation with the rise. Yeah, in we're in our thirties and we call people assholes now. But, but I don't hear anybody else saying it. So is Roseanne. She's in her thirties and she's not like, well, go visit my sister in the asshole barn. I wonder if, to be fair. I wonder if <laughs> so nowadays like things have like, because it's such like an added 
like attention towards mental health stuff. Maybe it's just less common for I don't someone think to call that. each other I think nuts. Just speech changes over the years, you know. Yeah, like, but I wouldn't. People don't say rad anymore either. <laughs> no, but like, are you nuts? Like, isn't like rad, it's know. not a dated term to say. What are you nuts? I just think that I don't know. I think maybe people just where mental health is such a thing. It's like it's so, it slowly slips away, and it's like less a thing that people bring up. But I could be completely wrong. No, like I said, I. I, I I just think speech changes over time. I know what you're saying with that because there's plenty of examples. I just don't know if that's one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I think it's just weird you don't hear it as much. Yeah. Well, we don't say groovy anymore either. That's yeah, tricky. but again, nuts doesn't... It's not a dated term. There's not like a new version in, in lieu of saying, what are you, nuts? There's not like a new one. Can we, well, we should work on that. Let's see if we can replace it. Well, yeah, I think he, the problem is, like I was saying earlier, like nuts are, when we were kids, if you didn't have, if you forgot your lunch money, they were like, here's a peanut butter sandwich. What if you, you go to a school now, they're like, I brought in peanut butter. They're like, call the fucking police. Get down. <laughs> yeah, Get you down. Can't have that now. <laughs> so the nuts have been sort of, I mean, they killed Mr. Peanut last year. He came right back. Well, the outrage of people like us <laughs> who were like, you must bring back the monocle man. I cannot eat peanuts with a different character on them. Oh, but if you get mad at the green M&M, you want to bang it. <laughs> well maybe, maybe Mr. Peanut and the Green M&M were having a little thing on the side and there was an issue <laughs> and to be fair what would that make the best kind of M&M Peanut M&M's I concur there it is I've had this debate with someone um, I like playing you know? <laughs> no no <laughs> it's I like would... me playing it's gonna be like I like once a year when they make marshmallow ones <laughs> it's gonna be something nobody <laughs> no does. no listen I- I'll say this this is M&M's are the one situation where I'm not a big fan of the plain version versus other ones. I had this debate with someone recently about peanut like M&M's the pretzel ones a lot. That's what I was going to say. I love the pretzel ones. That's like my goat. If I, if they're all lined up in a vending machine, I'm probably going to buy the pretzel ones first, but I do like the peanut ones. I don't like the caramel ones because I think they put too much caramel on them. I agree with that. 100%. That's, they're too caramel. Yeah. 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 M&M's is a lot of like limited release kind of flavors and they miss more than they hit on a lot of them we literally have like a big jar like a glass jar with a lid that we leave in our kitchen that has m&ms in it at all times always filled up almost like kevin from the office and the way <laughs> we do it is we do uh two peanut and one regular and then you mix it all up so when you go and we get a handful you get a little combo of both it's fantastic, and do they change a, the colors every mix. season. Don't mix plain with peanut. You're just getting. You're only going to taste peanut M and M. No, 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 no. You say that, but the extra chocolate on top, it really works. Take a handful one day. I, don't I know, can't. I'm not at your house. I'd be afraid to get Skittles. <laughs> you will get say. Skittles. Every peanut butter cup. To be honest, I feel like I mean. every time there's a new season, the M and Ms change their colors. So for like the spring, they're um, like a Easter colors or whatever, right? You know, at Christmas, they're whatever. And I feel like the fact that they do that, the colors are always off just a little bit from what a Skittle is that I can't sneak it in. So growing up there for a while, we used to have a, like a candy dispenser that would always have M&Ms in it. And my mom was like, we were always one holiday behind because you just buy a bunch of them after the holiday on discount. So like right around now we're recording this episode in March. This would be when our M&M bowl was full of like red and pink ones from Valentine's Day that went on discount. <laughs> that makes you realize too how cheap it is to actually manufacture candy. And they're like, here's 25 pounds of M&Ms for 49 cents. And you're like, you're probably still making a profit somehow on this. Yeah. The The next scene is now, it's the after school scene where Roseanne has to visit with 
the uh, Darlene's teacher, Miss Crane, who... Oh, the, my God. It starts with her, like... So we start in the classroom, and Roseanne's not there yet. And Miss Crane's just stretching at her desk, which I thought was a really she, weird yeah, way to start. I feel like she's she getting ready something. to She's getting ready to play racquetball, so she's stretching. She says so to Roseanne. That's why she wants to cancel it. Yeah, but you don't stretch an hour before you play. You stretch when you get there. She's getting ready to leave to go play. She's also wearing, like... One of those long pencil skirts that's super tight where, like, I don't think you could stretch in that without ripping it. She also looks 16. I, I can't believe that's a teacher. I thought about that a little bit, but then I, th- I was like, well, Darlene's really young, so it's not uncommon for a teacher in, like, those grades to be in your young 20s. Like, that happens. Yeah. yeah you could, she could be 25 or 26 and be just out of... Right. Actually, even earlier, because back then, I'm assuming in 1988, you did not need a master's degree to be a teacher you know what i mean not in the younger grades no it's not until you get to a certain point where you even need that stuff anyways no i think now you do oh really yeah my sister has had to get a master's and she teaches third grade oh well but i think in 1988 considering some of the teachers we had some of whom were great some of whom i was like you didn't go to school for this right you know i'm assuming some of them they're just like oh are you a warm body who can command seven-year-olds and you went to two years of school fine just go what, uh, what I thought was weird is, so when Roseanne first walks in, uh, Miss Crane gets on her right away for being 15 minutes late, and she's like, oh, I almost gave up on you, and Roseanne's like, oh, sorry, I had to get out of work early, and there's traffic, and she's quick to be like, uh, I think we should probably just do this another day. I was like, wow, like, and what, what was funny to me was, when, when we get to it later and you see what the conversation was, it's a minute of dialogue. It like, enraged me, Jay. Yeah, it's like. Like, enraged. You wanted to wait another, you had, you wanted her to come back yep. another day to have this 30 seconds of conversation. Yeah. Just for that. I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> because yeah, that's when, um, she says she has another engagement and Roseanne sees the bag of like the gym bag. She's like, Oh, what are you going to play tennis? You're like, Oh, actually squash. She gives this like really weird, like smile when she asks if they can ha- do it another day too. Like she was almost being sarcastic towards her. She's so weird. I didn't like this at all. She had a really weird, like vibe to her I, I couldn't really explain it because i know she wasn't being sarcastic but it, it read that way i think she's just like pretentious and she's judging her because she doesn't like what well, which kid is this not darlene right? no it is darlene yes yeah she doesn't like darlene and she's even even the conversation later she's kind of she's a it's problems at home so she's already judging her so i think she's just being a bitch you know <laughs> i feel like this woman all of her auditions that past month were like 80s office sexy lady you know what i mean and then she came into this and they're like play teacher and she was like okay and then she played it as like an 80s office sexy lady and they were like yeah it's a pilot who gives a shit yeah i'll just move on she's ready to like seduce some like we'd be like she's not playing squash and she's mean (laughs) she's thinking she's gonna be like sexy teacher to like a young dad who walks in and then you get roseanne like what do you want yeah it doesn't work on me and then, um, Why do I keep going to Louie Anderson? <laughs> I think Louie Anderson. I think every time I try to do Roseanne, I'm They're more adjacent. like I'm more like Mama Fratelli or whatever when I'm doing so. <laughs> it's white, isn't it? <laughs> oh, and you don't have a cousin, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so th- so they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna have the conversation today, and she tells her to have a seat, and I like the scene because. They pan out, and it's Roseanne just looking at a desk that there's, you know, for those of you who know Roseanne by, she's never been a slender woman, and there's no chance she could fit in that desk, so she just <laughs> sits on top of it. I can relate. I couldn't fit in that myself. 
But I mean, also too, I mean, maybe Gordo could right out of this whole crew. But I mean, like it's those. You try to sit in one of those. I would try to sit in one at a antique store, like antique mall. They had one, and we were like, "Oh, it's like when we were kids." And you try to maneuver, and your hips just can't do it. Yeah, all I could think about even when we were in school, I couldn't fit in them. I would try to get up, and my legs. All I could think about though was how easy it was to crack your back in those. You just push off. Oh my god! Yeah, felt so good. Now we all have bad backs though in our thirties, so maybe it wasn't (laughs) a good thing. Yeah, we sit all day in chairs that they're like they're ergonomic, and you're like, "Mm, I don't think so because I feel (laughs) miserable. So um, now that the conversation's starting between Miss Crane and Roseanne, the the issue with Darlene was not something I expected. Was was this something you guys would have pegged as is a reason to call her in? Darlene I have expected it if I didn't know so much about the show and know yeah. Darlene. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like her just like generally being shitty in class or whatever. I didn't know it was going to be specifically barking. Yeah. <laughs> so she's been barking at Miss Crane. And I like how Roseanne's response was just, did you tell her to stop? And she's like, yes. Did she? Yeah. So what's the problem? <laughs> like, that would, that would, like I said, that enraged. Like, it made me so mad. She fucking, couldn't she have just called the house too? She didn't make yeah. her come in to tell her that? She's just, and yeah, the fact she's, that she did stop, it's like, all right, so you don't need to inform the parents. Like, you know, case closed. Yeah, is, is it a habit? Like, did she come <laughs> in and do it again the next day? She did it once. She said stop, and she stopped. Yeah. Listen, my parents were called um, by teachers many times over my school career. If they had done it for every little thing like this, they would be on the phone every day. <laughs> I feel like this is again though the teacher being so young that she's picking her battles because she's like I can make I can affect change whereas like at that point you're like you've lost them just let it ride and try to make them not serial killers yeah she's because she's getting too involved like for something as simple as this she's like well listen I think this is a deeper issue here like maybe with what's going on at home how much time are you spending with, with your kids it's like you're really overstepping here and she's like I don't have free time I have a job and three kids She's like, well, I think that's the problem. And Roseanne's like, I think the problem is there is no problem. And Right on, Roseanne. Yeah, and also like, what balls? Oh, I think that's the problem. Like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you understand how my life works? Yeah, do you know how bills work? Yeah. Yeah. It's not like Roseanne's like, man, my my schedule at home is pretty loaded with these three kids. If only I could find a way to escape and go to work for eight hours a day, that would really lighten the load. <laughs> and also, this is wrong and super shitty, and I wish it would change, but teachers get paid very poorly. So this woman is being like, I don't understand what your bills are like. It's like, but you also work at a job that is unfortunately paid less than it should be. You should be more sympathetic to this woman's point. And especially then, in, in like 1989. A middle school teacher in the late 80s, I'm assuming... Not the best situation. And uh, Mr. Belding and work at that uh, ski resort in the off season. I like that it closed out with her saying, your daughter barks. And Roseanne's like, our whole family barks. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, so now they end up back home and Roseanne's following up with Darlene. During it, while she's trying to talk to Darlene, you get like the, the most typical cartoon noise. Coming from the other room. Yeah, I don't know if it was specifically that, but yes, yeah, somewhere in that realm. And, uh, and she yells to the other room to turn it down and it stops. And I just, I don't know, that really flagged me. I was like, did, did that need to be in there? Like you couldn't find something a little less fake to, to insert in there? It was also very mean Jean. The way she said it was very much the like, put that cigarette out. The way she yells, turn it down. I don't know why that's what I thought of. 
And then, uh, yeah, she's like, well, you, you know, you're barking in class. She's like, yeah. <laughs> she's like, well, what'd you do that for? And Darlene's excuse is basically that Miss Crane is so boring that if she doesn't bark, she's going to fall asleep in class. And so she calls her Miss Crane the pain. And I was like, what a juvenile thing to make fun of somebody with a rhyme and then spend 20 minutes <laughs> being like, I'm going to make fun of people with rhymes. <laughs> like, just keep doing it still. <laughs> it's like the adult version of that now is to do like the, you know, like Mrs. Crane, the pain. You're like, oh, you just, you got to find a way to mix their two words together. That's the adult version of doing that now. And uh, Becky walks in during all this, too, and is asking about her book bag. So Roseanne hands her one, and Becky's very upset because it's blue, and apparently she's going to be harassed at school over this. Did anybody just think that, like, my immediate thought was, like, that high school must be rough because it is overrun with blood and crisps, and now <laughs> she's going to school, that it's going to be, and Roseanne has no idea why she's so upset, but it is Mom, you don't get it, you don't get it, like, I cannot wear this bag, Ma. <laughs> the Lanford, Illinois fucking gang life is it's like pretty in the scary, mirror man. working on the hand thing all day. Like, <laughs> fuck, this is going to go so poorly. <laughs> and like, I get that if she was coming from the angle that I'm a girl, I can't have a blue bag. But I think she was wearing blue throughout the whole episode. So I, I don't understand why it was such an issue. Gang lines, man. You don't cross them. And then both sisters start fighting because they're both in mid conversation with their mom at this point, And now they're fighting for the attention. And, um, <laughs> I just assume because it's Darlene's a Latin King. <laughs> She's just got yeah. a stake in a totally different. <laughs> yes. <thing>. Most likely. <laughs> Roseanne tells her to stop and says, uh, and tells Becky that she's going to use that bag until she's 30. It's like, Oh, and great. The, again, the adult in you is like, imagine buying a backpack and having it from 15 to 30. Like what a great product and what a good investment that is. Solid East pack. I always brought my backpack to school for like the first semester and then it, I never took it again. I take a backpack oh, yeah. to work. I, I, I bring a backpack to work every day now. Yeah, I bring I a bag am, with me pretty much all the time. I am a backpack. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a backpack connoisseur. I buy backpacks way more than I should. I take different ones every day. It's awesome. I Do just you... got one I really like and I stuck with it. Yeah, you got that Tim Buck too, don't you? I've got a uh, Bailey Works. Oh, yeah, nice. Joe Buck yeah. too. Nick, do you find though. Nick? Do you find that your efforts to stylize with different backpacks goes noticed? Does anyone ever go like, "Ooh, I like that bag"? No, nobody ever sees right, me in these Nick backpacks. The backpack guy. Like, it's usually I usually just leave it in my car, or when I would go into the office, I would take it with me. But it's just for my own, you know, personal joy. I mean, they're very handy, especially in the summertime, where you're like, "Well, I want to bring my." For me, it's mainly water bottle, right? Like, I want to bring my water bottle with me everywhere, and you don't walk around holding the stupid thing. So, oh. put it in your bag because you want to then... go other places and annoy people with your water bottle. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> it's like his, his his jingly belt in high school is just like <laughs> reimagined itself as a water bottle now. Can we talk about how no teachers would ever be like, take that belt off because it's annoying? Because they were afraid to admit that they were like. Please don't wear that sex belt in school <laughs> the same way that nobody else we knew who were adults would mention that I was walking around in a sex belt all the time. And just like <laughs> nobody would claim to understand that. That is something I was thinking of the other day. Where it's like oh, you yeah. sitting when, when like weird. whenever we had like classes together, you I remember anticipating because back to the desks that we used to use. Um, like those marble countertop chairs, you know what I'm talking about? They were like some sort of granite. Uh, that were attached to the desks. You sitting on one of those with that belt was like 
nails on a chalkboard for me. <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> sit down on it. I'm like, how is he sitting on this for six hours a day? I never understood it. I have caused literally, no joke, irreparable damage to my uh, tailbone. <laughs> Sometimes I will sit for like five minutes and be like, yeah, that's from sitting on bullets for 10 years, you idiot. You broke the bone in your asshole, you fucking idiot. But boy, did I look cool. Boy, did I look cool. Walking around like fucking five-foot Rambo for some reason. I look so cool. So uh, anyways, uh, Dan walks in and starts a dialogue with Darlene where Darlene's proudly telling him how she uh, struck out Mark Winstead six times and he's like, yeah, I saw it on the sports page. <laughs> he's like, really took the wind out of her sail on that one. She is so excited to see her dad and tell him. He goes into immediate fuck with you mode, which is really funny. He like deflates her and then starts picking on her yeah he's <laughs> so full of energy in this scene it, it, yeah. it's crazy because then he was like yeah i heard something about him being your boyfriend and she's you know again she's a young i, I we talked about her age i think she's got to be like i don't know i, I can't pick her i i even that looked old for her but even yeah at that point it's still a little like the relationship stuff's a little young i don't know i think it's a little younger personally but anyways yeah she's like what he's not my boyfriend and he says, you always strike out the ones you love, Mrs. Winstead. <laughs> this is great, too. He does so many fun voices. Like, you just break into, like, Mrs. Winstead yeah. for no reason. That voice means nothing, but it's so funny, and it clearly drives her nuts. Yeah, well, she's like, he's not my boyfriend. I can't stand him. And she runs off as he's doing the K-I-S-S-I-N-G thing. So he's uh, now he's alone with Roseanne, and he's like, oh, did you get any beer? And, you know, it's on the counter. So he's like, hey, it's warm. That's all right. <laughs> he just jumps up on the counter and he yeah, starts drinking a beer. I love that, yeah. Knowing the kind of beer that they're drinking, like that standard, like, st- uh, warm. Like a butt-heavy kind of thing. Like. Oh, it's domestic American Pilsner, baby. Like yeah, the other day when Kelsey brought home beer and I was like, oh, did you get beer? And she's like, I did. It was warm. And I went, all right. And I had one. This uh, scene like legitimately happened where I was like, well, I'm just going to have a beer. I don't care. I No. There's no world. It at my age that I'm going to drink a piss warm like that kind of beer. High Life is a very drinkable warm beer. No, it's not. It's not yes, a it very drinkable cold beer. Uh, high Life is good. I like High Life. My Thank mom you, my mom has always been like a... Natty Light, right? Yeah, she drinks like two Natty Lights after work every day while she's just hanging out in the kitchen. But if she doesn't refrigerate them, she'll throw ice in it. I'm like, Ma, Whoa. just put them in the fucking freezer for a minute or something <laughs> like that. Don't put ice in your already shitty beer. It's disgusting. It probably dulls down that disgusting taste. <laughs> yeah, it's not It's not great. Has we she ever ventured off? In natty our, Ice. Nat, nat, not Natty Ice. It's Natty Light. light. Natty, natty Light. Um, natural Light, yeah. And like, if like we're out at a restaurant, obviously they don't have like Natty on tap or anything. Like, can I have a Natty Daddy, please? <laughs> Could you bring one of those to the table? <laughs> she just, the simple light beer. That's all she, like the Bud Lights and stuff. Excuse she me. She out is on Natty Light. They go and they take a Bud Light and pour it through a shoe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, I like me, that idea, though, because like, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you're like, can I have a Coke? And they're like, we only have Pepsi. Is that okay? Like, I really want to know what the... Like other side of the can I have a natural light? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, we only have Milwaukee's best. Is yeah. that okay? Excuse me, I noticed you didn't have any King Cobra on the menu. Um, is that available in the back? What is the malt liquor? Can I do a malt liquor list? So Roseanne asks uh, why the sink isn't fixed yet, 
and he's talking about how he's going to get right on it, but then he, he gets distracted. He's like, oh, check this out. And he shows her this hand-carved figurehead that he got, and when his boat's finished, he's going to slap it right on the front. Full credit. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, 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 <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm pro the Yeah, pro I wasn't against head. it. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I can't believe Dwight was going to throw this out. And that's when Roseanne realizes that Dan did not have work today <laughs> and had the whole day off. So he ended up at his friend's house helping him fix his truck when he could have helped out with a school meeting, the backpack thing, yeah. the sink. I totally sided with Roseanne in this. Oh, by of course, the way. Like, he totally bailed. I, and just I sided beers. with Roseanne, but if you really think about it, this is what is it, late eighties? They didn't when he got didn't get the job. He couldn't call her on a cell phone or anything to say, "Hey, I can do all this stuff" or anything like that. He could so call really her. Didn't work. have a choice. There's probably yeah. He found out before the workday ended, so there was probably ways around it. Also, is this uh backing back to the boat? Is this like a trope? I feel like you see this a lot. Like the just building a boat in the basement or the garage or something. It's, like, it's like just that. always the yeah. guy has it's a like project. Home improvement. It was the hot rod. And yeah. yeah. This, yeah. It was a boat. Digging a pool. I also feel like is a good um, proxy for this. <laughs> well, too. that's Encino Man, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> this is uh, sure. so. Uh, yeah. So Roseanne obviously, and with good reason, is pretty pissed off when she finds out that he didn't work, especially when you realize the day she had and how much running around she did, and how she had to haggle to get out of work, and the sink's not fixed yet. So it's not like he worked all yeah, day and then he was going to definitely it. come home and done that. He could have yeah, at least done the man. sink. Smart Ray would have had one less beer, come home, fix the sink, and not mentioned at all that he was out drinking beer and just been like, it didn't work out, but I did yeah. fix the sink, and no argument would have happened. Right. And, and he should have come home sad that he didn't get the job. Right. Yeah. That sympathy. Get that, that, hey, I had the best day ever. I got to help my friend work on his truck, and I got this cool piece of wood. <laughs> that was your day. <laughs> from worked on some metal, got some wood. <laughs> and then Roseanne's like, you know, just sit there and drink your beer. I'll, I'll fix the sink, and the hell you will. Apparently, this was a big sticking point, <laughs> sticking point to him. So he was like, fixing a sink is a husband's job. I'm the husband. And it's like, again, I guess the world was different then. I mean, these roles exist to a degree yeah. now, but things have all kind of meshed in a little bit more. And I can only imagine, and I'm a single man, but if I was married and the person I was with was like, you know what? I'll fix the sink. I would never be like, no, I'm a man. I'm going to fix it. I'd be like, nice. Go ahead. <laughs> That's one thing I, like, remember on the show as, like, a whole. Like, Dan was always this, like, lovable goofball. But when he got mad, he was scary. Yes. Was yeah, like, they always, like, bordered fire on the line eyes. of domestic issues. <laughs> yes. Like, it was, like, right before the cops should get called is where they, like, <laughs> stayed. Yeah. Uh, like, I remember there was later in the series, there's a scene where he fucking flips out and, like, launches the living room coffee, ta coffee table like across the room and I'm like oh my god Dan's throws gonna a bunch of stuff someone. on the lawn like the couch on the lawn <laughs> yeah I mean John if they lived in a duplex the cops would be getting called all the yes. time oh yeah can someone do a quick google uh, about how tall John Goodman is just to like on put it. it in perspective he's a big guy he's a heavy no, he's man but like he's tall four. he's no he's only he's listed at 6'2 but really? I mean, he's probably walking around six two three fifty. So oh, like, I mean, right. I'm five eleven. That's way over me. And you know, that's six two barefoot if he's wearing boots or something like that. Now he's six four, and he's like, next to Roseanne yeah, Barr, who's not like old. yeah, yeah. The thing is, too, he's he's very portly too. So he's yeah. a massive man. There's a lot the of there's a lot of human being there, and uh, yeah. So they get into this big argument about it, and this is like. 
this is when like Roseanne starts yelling back about how she spends eight hours a day at work and then another eight hours working outside of work. And she starts to get all these things done. And as they're arguing, Darlene runs in and just asks where um, the tape is. And she just turns around real quick and says, it's in the bathroom third drawer. And she runs back off. Like, and then <laughs> yeah. Roseanne gets right back into arguing I love again. That because how, how hectic her life is. She knows where everything is. Like She's yeah. on the ball for everything, despite how crazy everything is. Oh, to this day, like, you know, I'm an adult. And, like, m- my mom still has, like, laser focus on where anything would be at all times. You- it's just like, oh, where are the nail clippers? And it, it, it'll be in some asinine, weird spot, you know? <laughs> is it weird to you, anybody else, though, that there's tape in the bathroom? I thought like that. It tape? is weird, for sure. Yeah. I didn't yeah, think about like, that. It should be like a yeah. junk drawer. Yep. I mean, the junk drawer is full. Maybe she meant, like, athletic tape. Well, you see mm. that she's working on, like, an art project, so I assume it's got Oh, tape. yeah. They, so they continue arguing, and Roseanne's like, you don't do anything. And again, Dan, this is, he's more elevated this time. He's like, whoa, hey, I, I do plenty around here. And, Mike, why? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, clean the gutters. <laughs> Man, they and, keep playing some commercial every night when I'm in bed that's like, the new gutter trap. It goes <laughs> yeah. over your gut. I keep being like, I want you. I want you in my life. So I totally get his point yeah. in this scene. But uh, yeah, so Dan sits in, because he's like, what's the point here? And she's like, there is no point. So he goes to sit down at the table and he's drinking his beer again. And then she, she runs up to him and she's like, the point is, and then gets into the, you think this is the magic kingdom where everything, you know, just fixes itself. Poof, poof. You know, she mentions dinner's on the table and he's like, you want me to fix dinner? I'll fix dinner. And he's, he's pretty <laughs> aggressive here. This, this is like Man, what this you were talking about earlier. He's like, he's super angry at this point where you're like, <laughs> it's, it's almost taking a turn. The show, like we said, does a really good job about being realistic, but here it was like, okay, is he going to hit her? <laughs> Stuffing her body into the unfinished yeah. boat in the garage. <laughs> and then and covering her in all the excess cream corn because yeah. no human being. Is that the thing? Yeah. <laughs> that much cream so he corn. goes, yeah, so he goes right for the corn, uh, the, the one can that was off limits for this can drive that Becky had. And the. The thing of corn is how big? It's like a gallon size can of corn. It is the king of cans. It is the biggest can I've ever. It's a paint <laughs> can of corn. It's like yeah, the maybe kind, a little bigger, honestly. Yeah, like when I used to work at the supermarket when I was younger, like and we had salad bars. You'd have these giant cans of like for like garbanzo beans and stuff like things like that. And what I would like assume that like at like a soup kitchen on like Thanksgiving, yeah, that's what or they something would, yeah. you might find in Dwight's oh. shelter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, that is like stores. That's like in a uh, underground in a beet cellar or something. (laughs) And that's the thing is you can't, when you open up a canned thing of corn like that, you have to use it all. Oh, it's over. Yeah. You can't save the rest of the can for a later date. I'm like, what is this? They're they're big people, man. They can eat a lot of corn. (laughs) But there's also, there's five of them. And granted, Dan and Roseanne are bigger people. The kids are tiny and they're children. Like that's so much. As, as the if the meal is only corn, I guess sure. <laughs> Can you just imagine a family of five of just all sitting there yeah, eating eating bowls of corn like in cereal? Yeah, it's oh god. And for some reason, I see them putting sugar on it too. Yeah, and even then, when he grabs the corn, she's complaining. Well, then I'm gonna have to wash all the dishes after you make a mess. And he's like, "Hey, I do the dishes." And he gave a very specific. Thursday, 6.45 p.m. And she's like, 1970, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun doing the voice. 
But you fixed then, dinner three years ago. <laughs> as uh, as they continue arguing, this is when you hear Becky yelling uh, from the living room to call them over because, as she says, Darlene cut her finger off, which obviously was a little bit of an exaggeration. She didn't cut her finger off, but she did cut herself with um the pair of scissors. Pretty substantially. You see how bloody that rag was? It was pretty bloody. I also, Tushi yells, get a tourniquet. I don't think I would have known to, <laughs> yeah. to request that at that age. Yeah, well, I think it was funny that she told her that, and then Roseanne says to shut up. <laughs> so even seeing that your, <laughs> your daughter- up, <laughs> yeah, shut though, up, honey. Yeah. Shut up, honey. Yeah, the honey is great. Your daughter cut herself, but, you know, you're not, you're like, as soon as you realize she didn't cut it off, you're like, okay, we're fine. So there's no nerves at this point. They've seen it all. Dan picks Darlene up, and she, uh, he sits her on the, on the kitchen counter next to the sink. And she's doing actually, I think she was doing a pretty good job of playing hurt here for a child actor. Yeah, I yeah. think this was believable enough for a TV show that you weren't like, she's faking it. I think as far as ch- child actors go, this show was great. I mean, I've said it before, child actors can be fucking terrible, um, but they, they did a great job. Dan first says, you know, you got to keep it over your head. And he's like, you know, try not to think about your finger. Think about something else like a flower. <laughs> like a flower. And he's like, That's all right, a weird thing to be think like, about a real about pretty a flower. He, he, well, he's like, uh, he's just having a hard time, I guess, connecting to his daughter at this point. Who's like, you know, plays baseball and stuff. She's not like the, the say, going, she's a tomboy. You wouldn't yeah, think that she's not a girly trouble. girl in that sense. But he's like, think of a really pretty flower out in the middle of the field with the sun shining on it. You know what? I always assumed with the, why she's like that is they had two girls to begin with. So they, they probably at that point thought they weren't going to have a son. So he treated her like a boy until DJ was born. He was like, hey, look, <laughs> basketball. <laughs> and then um, Rosanna interjects because the flower thing is not working. And then she's like, Rem- uh, you know, think about when we went to the demolition derby. And, and then she's like, well, what about it? And she's already starting to calm down. And she's like, remember that yellow station wagon that got clobbered? And she's like, yeah, that was neat. And she's like, she's, <laughs> she's already just down now. All this pain and, and nerves and all the, uh, all the worrying about her finger is starting to go away. Because she actually is you know, visualizing this demolition derby they went to. They're talking about how uh, some guy got sandwiched into a wall. And then Dan joins in and starts talking about uh, Ricky Tornado. <laughs> When I when he said that name, I was like, Ricky Tornado is a wrestler from Alabama yeah. in 1983 that I love, that you all make fun of me for loving. That is who Ricky Tornado is completely. Well, stop 100%. loving people like Ricky Tornado. <laughs> I will <laughs> never stop loving Ricky Tornado <laughs> and his partner, Greg Hurricane. Uh, yeah, Ricky Tornado is a champion in Mid-South for, for years. <laughs> Joe, show us your Ricky Tornado tattoo. Dude, fuck, that's the next tattoo. I'm just going to get a Ricky Tornado <laughs> tattoo. <laughs> Yeah, we were so, talking about an S1E1 tattoo. There it is. I'll get a Ricky Tornado tattoo. All right, we're working on this. And then, um, yeah, so now she's she's pretty common. The whole time that they're doing this, they're working on her because Roseanne brought out the first aid kit and, and they're, they're tag teaming this whole thing and getting her fixed up. And before you know it, they're done. And they're like, oh, you're all set. She's like, really? Like, I didn't even feel it. So she's good to go. Now she walks off. And now there's this kind of awkward moment because they were just in the middle of a heavy fight got distracted because they had to do parent duties that's over and they're just like staring at each other because it's like do we get back into the fight now like what are we supposed to do here it was also to like point out too that like you know 
at the end of the day, they're good parents. They they you know they prioritized their injury yeah. kid over their stupid. They instantly argument, snap so. into team mode where yeah, she's right. distracting, he's treating after she got the thing and right. stuff. So then it goes into the Are you hungry? Not really. Great, I'll fix dinner. And then, but we uh, don't know if they had corn, and that drives me fucking insane. I feel like that corn's got to be for like a barbecue. There has to be a reason. I feel like they could over. still be eating that corn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I don't know if you guys. 2022, they're like, why did we buy such a big can? Did you guys note when they did the thing where he goes to now he's gonna walk off and work on the sink while she's doing dinner, and as they cross paths, they do this like little subtle handhold like thing as they pass each other that I thought was a really sweet moment. I don't know if it you is very sweet and very subtle, very much there. I also love how he immediately goes and like he just starts plunging the sink. You can see him from <laughs> yeah. behind, just like working it. <laughs> But she doesn't want it plunged. She wants it fixed. And then there was a, um, that was the end of what was like the normal episode, but there was a very long credit scene. So uh, I guess it's not quite the end. So now we very cut erotic. to to that night where Dan's did working the on his- scene at the end? Yeah. Then there was a very long sex scene and it was like full penetration, which I did not expect for ABC at that time, but good on them. From behind. <laughs> Ah, keep going. Yeah, show me dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm um, coming corn. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> I would have laughed, I'm grossed out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just that one little extra. And That's then I'm here for. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, call me the colonel. So Dan's working on his boat <laughs> in uh in the garage, and it's just like a big wooden frame. Like it's not not a lot going on. Am I the only and, one that didn't expect for it to be a wooden boat? Yeah, I thought he would have bought like a like a motorboat that he was just like yeah, fixing I he was up. Fixing up a motorboat. Yeah, he's, he's like saving the motorboat the for motor later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Dan. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he's working like on making his making a Viking ship for himself. Apparently, These Roseanne ribs, walks in. Right? That's the term I think. Right? This is like the ribs of a boat. E- I don't know for sure. That sounds right to me, but Joe, we're not semen. We don't know. <laughs> Dan, more semen. <laughs> we all were at one point. Get through this before Joe ruins I'm, I'm it. Trying, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's unraveling at the end. But uh, so yeah, Roseanne walks in, hands him a drink, and Dan's getting into this long conversation about how when they're retired, they're going to be cruising through the Caribbean on it. And uh, she's like, I'm not getting on this thing. And he's like, it'll be great. And there's this nice little shot where it pans out a little bit. And you can see them kind of rocking on it uh, together. And he's just kind of going over the dream and saying how great it's going to be. And they're going to spend their last years together and like sailing through paradise. And she's like, this sailor stuff really turns you on, huh? He's like, absolutely. He's talking about how there's nothing more romantic than drifting in the open sea and be all alone together every night, cuddled up in bed. Moonlight dancing on the water every night will be a voyage to ecstasy. And she's like, you're turning me on. He's like, I am? She's like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> he's like, what That's about the- not satirical. And he's like, what about the sink? Anywhere you want. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Your voice now, I've gone into Louis Anderson territory. Your voice is going into the uh, Chris Farley when he's the Gap Girls or whatever. <laughs> Lay off me, I'm starving. <laughs> These are funny. good. You know what I thought about, too, is Dan's building this boat, and he wants to sail the Caribbean, which means after he's done building this boat, he has to drive it somewhere 2,000 miles to get it to yeah, a body of water. The Caribbean's not near yeah. Illinois. <laughs> no, it is not. Well, I don't know if the dream's going to be like, and then we're going to set sail in Lake Erie, <laughs> you know? I also... Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, oh my god, think... what a long, cold journey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I also, also not think... that big of a boat. Yeah. They right, ever talk boat. about Dan liking boats again after this. I was gonna like, bring they that do. up. Yeah. They like, like never they... mention a boat again. No, they do. This the boat carries on for a while because there's a whole episode where he buys a bell for it. <laughs> Twenty two minutes of that. It mainly though, he really gets into the motorcycles later. Yeah. Yeah, so motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's he, always fixing motorcycles in the garage. When I think of him, I think of motorcycles first, for right. sure. I think the boat is maybe just first season. But they, Perhaps. they keep it on the whole first season, because there's a whole story arc of him going in the garage to, to twiddle with it. I think they realize it made way more sense for him to mess with motorcycles. Living in Illinois, yeah, probably. First off, the what about the sink line, as they're discussing where they're going to have sex, apparently. So he didn't finish fixing the sink, apparently, right? <laughs> He plunged it first, now he has to let it sit, and then he'll get back to it. Yeah. Well, I imagine one of them will be sitting on top of it, and there will be some suction. Ooh. I don't want to visualize that. I don't want to visual... I don't want to hear that. (laughs) 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 Ew. It's all leftover creamed corn in the fucking... Dan, my butt's stuck in the sink. (laughs) (laughs) Pull me out before the kids come. (laughs) Rosie, don't turn on the disposal. Ah! <laughs> we have degenerated so hard tonight that it never happens as badly. All right, well, it we usually happens early. And yeah, no, we've reached we've we've reached the end of the episode, and, and we're we're unwinding a tad. Um, a tad. Yeah. Well. So yeah. So that's um that's the conclusion the the final conclusion of this episode. So um no yeah, as far as Roseanne goes, you know, before we get into the green light or cancels. All I'd really want to touch on again is just how realistic the show really felt compared to other sitcoms. Like even now, you know, sitcoms have changed a lot and they're filmed differently. You don't get this kind of stationary camera stuff as often these days. But even with the more realistic approach towards shooting shows, they just don't have that authenticity that this show really had. I think the the closest thing to it would be... I get a similar feel from maybe All in the Family. The kids were older, obviously, but there was still a lot of that chaos. The house wasn't like this amazing house. It was just a lived-in home. Um, you know, Edith did everything. Archie argued with her about everything. And it, it, that felt real. And, and that was one of the, you know, a great show. So I think to be, you know, close to that is good. Yeah, I guess the only real difference is when I think of Archie and Edith, I think of those characters as a little more cartoony, a little more exaggerated. Yeah, I think that's probably product of the time being 30 years before that. Yeah, there's a lot of foundation in reality with them, but this seemed the most, like, authentic that I can think of off the top of my head. There's a lot of all in the family sex jokes, too, so it does relate. Oh, Archie! <laughs> Stifle <laughs> yourself, Edith. And I don't want to get into too many... I, I really don't want to get into like a heavy spoiler alert because th- there might be someone listening to this who's never watched Roseanne and is going to watch it. But uh, So I'm just going to leave it at this. If you're a fan of or, or want to start watching Roseanne or All in the Family, in both cases, prepare to be super depressed at some point towards the, the final episodes. Yes. Yeah. But we, won't, very dark. But we won't get too, too into that. Uh, so let's just, uh, unless anyone else has anything they want to add on, let's get into the green letter cancels. Sounds good to me. So we're going to do this as a four man. Uh, Gordo might be recording one and adding it in. So you'll either hear that or you won't. And you'll just have to wait for the graphic. If it comes down to that. We don't even know. Yeah. We don't know what he's going to say. So if it comes down to it, you know, just be sure that you're following us on Instagram at S1E1 pod. 
uh, on Instagram, which you can find on s1e1pod.com if you need the link to it, if you can't figure out how to use Instagram. But give us a follow there, and then um, a few days after this episode is released, then you'll see that graphic show up, and you will know how he voted. Or tune far into as... next week's episode, and we'll tell you. Tune in. Yeah. Huh? Do that. I mean, we don't usually tell you what we, what we did the week before, as you might have noticed at the top of this episode we didn't reference last week's, but... Listen next week anyways. You know, that's what we hope. We hope you find us, like us, and continue to listen. But to get into the green letter cancel, I'm going to start in the order I see you in. Ferg, I'm going to start with you. Yeah, there's no timeline on, like ever created where I will cancel Roseanne. Uh, show's great. Um, after watching all the different like sitcoms with the, you know, the TV dad, the TV family, it's, it's just something you can relate to. I mean, I'm not exactly that class, but that's you know, more, more Americans can relate with them than they could with the Tanners or the Cosbys. Like, so, and it's just realistic humor, realistic fighting. Life's chaotic and the show's chaotic. It's perfect, perfect show. Uh, green light for me. Boom. Nick. Yeah, I think um, echoing on what we've said a few times during this episode is just the realism to it is really... Uh, genuine. You can feel it in the episode. Uh, they did a good job with all the chaos like we, we spoke about. They they made that feel real too. The characters are all lovable. You can, like like we said, we we resonated with the kids when we were younger and we have no problem resonating with the adults now that we're older. So um, it hits on multiple decades uh, worth of watching. Um, I don't think that my knowledge of the rest of the show contributes at all to my green light for this. I think this is just a really good pilot as it stands alone. Um, so yeah, I'm, it's a green light for me. Joe. Yeah. Pretty hard to disagree with what you guys said. And, and if I had to pick one show, look, I love the office. I love a lot of these shows. If we one day said, Hey, we're pivoting and we're going to do a podcast about one show episode per episode. I think the most fulfilling would be Roseanne. It ebbs and flows, it goes up and down, and I really feel like it's the only show that speaks to me the way, like as a kid, as much as an adult. You know, other shows, you'd be like, oh, I kind of get this more now as an adult, but Roseanne, like, just hits in a weird way where you're like, oh, they wrote this for 10-year-olds, and then they wrote it for 30-year-olds, and that's kind of crazy that you can stick with it and not feel, like, dated or, you know, like, it's, it's not with you anymore. Um, so it's it's a big green light for me. I love Roseanne. Yeah, so I'm going to go with you guys and green light it, but I will be completely honest. As I watched it and towards the end, I was heavily debating which way I was going to go. I really wasn't sure um, for a little while. And the only reason I almost canceled it was there were points where it's so chaotic and real in this episode that it was like overwhelming and it was like almost stressful because I felt like, I was, I, it was so relatable and I was in the moment with them that like, it, it wasn't an escape from reality. It's, it's like just watching normal life. And I was, I was stressed out thinking about schedules and all the stuff that they had to do. So it, it did. That was my only negative watching it was that, but ultimately I, I love the show and I don't think it's just future knowledge that's, that's uh, making that decision. But I, I really did like going into that world. It was super just a day in the life. And I don't know. I think there's something to be said about a show that you could really see yourself living in that world and not in a fantasy way. It just it makes the characters so much more relatable. So you are invested in them in a different way 
than if it's something that's so not grounded in in uh, reality and and you just kind of you enjoy it, but it doesn't hit home as much. But yeah, so that's it. So that's four out of four from us. Uh, so regardless of Gordo's vote, it's going to be a green light from us. So yeah, that's it. Congratulations to Roseanne. You live on to see episode two. So that's it. Um, the only other reminder, make sure you go to s1e1pod.com. Again, that's the link to uh, everywhere we can go to listen to us, anywhere where to follow us uh, on social media. So make sure you give us a follow there, interact with us, comment, let us know what you like and don't like about the show. We're always adjusting uh, suggestions for future shows you might want to hear. Let us know those. We like to hear those too. And uh, rate, review, subscribe to all that fun stuff. But anyways, that's it. That's all the time we have for this week, guys. Tune in again next week for another new episode. Thank you, guys. Hey, yo. Good night. I think we got the best Tom Arnold. I think we got the best cream corn. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.